Welcome to Unapologetically Successful Podcast. Today we have with us Po Hong, who is here from United States, and she has an incredible story. If I could say for those people who can't see Poe, Poe is a woman full of wonderful pictures. You have tattoos that tell a story as well, and you just are such a... a full of life and inspiration and we smile on your face it looks like you're just floating through life and you're achieving <laughs> incredible success so I'll let you to introduce yourself and how you developed the business that you have today and yeah let's take it from there absolutely and I'm happy to be here thank you for inviting me and for your reflections. It's so interesting to hear how other people see you but I love that you were able to really catch my free flowing, but also my fierceness. It's like that combination. I have such a deep devotion to my vision, to my desires, to how I want to live my life. And I will do anything necessary in order to create and receive and have that and to be and to support and be of service to other people who want that as well. So thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> cool. What we just had a conversation before, and maybe it would be worthwhile for you to actually explain exactly what you what your approach is. I have these deep dives that are in person and in Miami. And one that you're talking about is this three-day VIP experience. And it's all luxury. And it's not cheap. It's for those who you can say how much it is. It's $20,000 for three days. Yes. Yeah, plus accommodation. So that is purely my fee for holding space and intuitive guidance. And we go into whatever it is that the person wants to heal, expand, integrate. I work on multiple levels. I work on the energetic level with ancestors, generational trauma. I also work with your life trauma, but also sexuality, self-intimacy. It really is a range because my life has been such a range and my life has inspired me to do the work I do. Yeah, it's interesting. And the women that I've worked with in this VIP, they felt this deep calling and intuitive hit that they needed somebody to hold a certain kind of space for them. They knew that they needed somebody who can handle what they needed to move through. And I can hold the darkest of emotions and like grief and rage or despair. And anybody, obviously they had enough money to pay for it, but anybody who feels that call and is so deeply rooted in their own knowing follows it no matter what. It's a really beautiful experience for me. I love it. And oh, I just want to say, just side note, I used to have memberships that were like ongoing and I didn't have to really do much in those memberships, but I found myself exhausted. But when I do a three-day VIP and I'm with them like for multiple hours a day doing this deep work, I felt energized. So I thought it was interesting that my system is does not like to do memberships, even though there's very little work required versus something that is like intense or immersive. So just a side note that like everybody has a different system and desires a different business structure. 
I love business. I've been an entrepreneur for over 20 years. So it's also another piece that I love to talk about. You started very young and you are very successful. Can you take us on the journey? I would like us to go into what is healing? What happens? Yeah, so it's different for everybody because the work that I do is all intuitive. I never have a plan. Like I never enter into a space, whether I'm working with somebody in a deep dive in person or I'm on a, in a group program facilitating, or if I'm leading a cacao journey or I'm working one-on-one -on -one. anyway, any kind of container, it's always the same in that I need to be deeply rooted in myself and present. And then I follow the energy. I'm listening. I have, I'm an intuitive. I can feel people's undercurrents, their emotional undercurrents, and I can feel their inner children. And so I'm always tapping into and feeling what is it that's alive in this moment, in this person. I'm following a thread. So I'm like a detective in a way, but it's not like digging in an intrusive way, it's more like in an energetic way, in a feeling way. And so that's the most important thing is like, I'm constantly listening, I'm constantly feeling and being guided by what the person is sharing with me and what I am sensing in the undercurrents. And I just get these hits of what's the next thing. I trust, I'm in such deep trust of my connection with the divine and I allow myself to be an open channel. And so from oh. that place, it happens. But I can go so, into more specifics of modalities and things like that. No, we'll go there. But I would like to still at the super high level for the analytical mind and people who are analytical and have not been exposed to this world that you live in, which is energy, talk about energy and divine and all of that. How do you translate the work that you do to those people who live more in spreadsheets and don't normally come with? Yeah, that's a great question. But for somebody who hasn't been hasn't been shown, I would say that this is about getting into your body. I help people get into their body and to feel. And what happens so often with trauma is that it gets stored in the body, in your nervous system, in your cellular membranes, literally every aspect of your body. I'm also an acupuncturist. My specialty in acupuncture was really helping people to heal their physical symptoms based off of healing their emotional and energetic system, because that's the root most of the time that I've noticed was there was some trauma or some emotion that got stuck and they didn't allow themselves to heal it, process it, move it through their body. And so it created a physical imbalance or disease or pain or symptom. So I guess the most basic way to explain it is that I help people to feel. I help people to connect with what is living inside of them, their sensations, their emotions, their thinking, their belief systems, and we uncover it's in, which is such a common analogy, but it is like that. We are peeling these layers one by one. And depending on where the person is, we go at their pace. That's why it's so important to, for me to be intuitive and listen, because 
I can't pass somebody's boundaries. They, I have to meet them where they are. And, and if somebody is more of a quote unquote beginner, then we go slow. We do the foundational work of paying attention to your thoughts. Like, how are you feeling? Like basic tools. And then the more we progress in the work, we expand into the modalities that I guide people through. You have done incredibly well and created a success. How do you put together I do have the answer, but I would like you to go through this. On one hand, you are a quite a structured businesswoman, determined and focused. And at the same time, you allow the flow, as you say it, to guide you. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually not super structured. Even the, I guess the structure I have is that commitment piece. It's not really a structure. It's more of this. I know that what I want to create and I follow that and will do the work in order to create it. So I guess in that way, but I don't have, I don't create a schedule, like personally, my own system. And again, everybody has a different system needs a different level of masculine and feminine energy, yang or yin. And so for me, I need a lot of freedom and space in order to do my work. And so that's what works for me. I do, in terms of structure, I do have my morning routine. I make sure that I create a very nourishing internal and external environment for myself. That's super key. I think if we have this foundation of being connected with ourselves, then we can hear what that next thing that needs to be done is. That's how I work. So the way I work with my patients and my clients and my students is the same way that I work with myself. I'm constantly listening. For me, it's all about hearing the whispers or hearing that intuitive hit. So I'm very much a very go with the flow person. But I think when you talk about structure, you're really, I think you're talking about that piece around my commitment. But I do believe some people need more structure. I just trust that things are going to come up when they want to come up. I'm a creative, really, yeah. just like an artist, like they could be inspired at any time. I'm a healing artist, I guess you would say. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Now, coming back to the modalities, you said that you're an acupuncturist as well, and you've done a lot of, so how does that work with the energy you talk about energy work acupuncture for me was the is my foundation it is based off of Taoism. i'm deeply connected to the masculine and feminine teachings of Taoism. and so when we look at the body there's all these meridians in chinese medicine and everything is based off of yin and yang in the body so literally everything is relative to the other meaning for example the body would be more yin more feminine and the mind is more masculine and yang but and so there's all these ways that we can categorize what is energetically feminine masculine now i use that in my work now because i'm constantly feeling into where is there an incongruency 
where is there something out of balance? Because ultimately, when we talk about yin and yang, we're talking about how can we create more balance between the two? How can they work together? How you were talking about earlier, the structure and the flow, it's the same thing. Where is Where are we putting more emphasis and perhaps that's creating stuckness? Or where are we not allowing the, ourselves to be more free and fluid? And can we open ourselves in that way? So I'm always looking through that lens of creating more of that balance and how can they work in tandem together? But that's like more of like my foundational piece, but in terms of doing inner child work, it's really about me using my intuitive spidey senses, <laughs> if you will. And energy work, it's it, in somatic healing, it really is the same thing, but I think it's good to have a framework to look at in order to understand and wrap your mind around, okay, I'm really like in excess right now in the masculine. What that would look like in, in Chinese medicine is like the liver, for example. I find a lot of women had excess in the liver and the liver holds anger. Every organ in the body has a different emotion connected to it. And so if there's an excess in the liver, we need to disperse it and let that move. And or if there's another organ like the spleen, which is connected to overthinking and worrying and it's deficient, we need to what we'd say is tonify it. So we're always looking at different parts that are maybe an excess or deficiency and how can we bring balance to those pieces? Does that make any sense? I know this is a whole nother language. (laughs) Do you think that people can learn what you do or does it need to be, do you feel that you have a gift or? I think people can learn it and I think I have a gift. So I think everybody has the capacity to be psychic, intuitive, a deep feeler. But I also think that people come into this world with their own medicine. This is my medicine. You have your medicine. We all have our own frequency and our own unique essence and our own soul's journey. So yes, I think that potentially somebody could do what I do. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who do, but we do it differently. And and I believe that the medicine that we hold and the frequency we hold has a different type of impact. So for example, I just, ended my program yin which is all a self intimacy program for women and they were giving me reflections at the end saying thank you po for your intensity and yeah (laughs) exactly and this is funny because i always talk about how the things that we judged ourselves for shamed ourselves for are usually our gifts And so I hated how intense I was. I used to judge myself for it. I used to try to make myself smaller. As you can tell, my voice is very deep and strong. I would try to make myself someone I was not because I didn't want to be that intense person. And, but really when I became an approval of who I am and my frequency, it became medicine. It became the part of me that was able to help people heal even deeper. And the reason why they thanked me for this part of me is because people come to me because they know that I can hold a lot, right? Because I am so intense. I'm able to, like I said, hold the darkest of dark. 
I think for everybody who's listening, it's important to tune into who you are. And yeah, people can learn the Chinese medicine system and yin and yang and things like that. We can all educate ourselves and learn about it, but it might not be their thing. And if it is their thing, I think you need the devotion and the commitment to be willing to trust because it's all based on trust. Everything I do, whenever I get an intuitive hit, whenever I'm guided to heal, help somebody heal in a certain way, I'm trusting what I am sensing. And that can only happen when you do your own healing work. Like I wouldn't have been able to trust my senses and my knowing if I didn't do that on my own. So people need to do their own healing work first if they want to become a healer. Yeah. And do you think that with intuition, how does, can one learn to be intuitive? Yeah, this is actually something that I help people with. I would say the first step is to pay attention to the random things that happen. So when I first started tuning in, like consciously practicing, because I was always aware of intuition when I was young, but I was like, oh, I want to cultivate this. I want to grow this gift. So I would just pay attention to these random thoughts that would come into my head or a feeling or a sensation in my body. For example, say I'm just taking a walk down the street and a person's like a person's face enters my, a vision of a person's face enters my mind or their name. And I would have a feeling connected to that. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. So I would text the person or call the person and say, hey, I just wanted to like check in because I just had this hit. You just came to me and this was the feeling. And I'm just curious if this resonates with you. And they would tell me yes or no. And a lot of the times it was yes. And so I think it's really important to get that confirmation in the practice to start to delineate and understand what it is that you're actually experiencing and how it comes to you specifically. So another example is when I'm working with somebody, either when I'm saying something or they're saying something, I get goosebumps and chills when I know. What is it? For me, it is, I just hit a truth. I hit, there's something that is so true about what I felt or what they said, that's the spot. It's, ooh, go deeper But what do you there. do then with that? What do I do after that when I feel that? Then I just, I, I stay steady in that spot. So I know, oh, we hit a really important piece. Let's go deeper here. Yes. And so that's confirmation for me to go deeper into this place or to even say to them, I feel this deeply and I want you to focus on this. So helping to guide them into where they could do more practice, where they can go deeper into their own exploration. You do deeper inquiry. You have to feel, you got to drop in to your body. That's why I'm an embodiment mentor and a somatic healer. It's all about the body. We have to connect to ourselves on a deeper level. So you drop into that moment and drop into your body even deeper, and then you ask a question, right? So this is another way that you can elicit 
more information from your deepest knowing or the divine, you, you pose a question internally or externally or in journaling, whatever you want to do, and you just open yourself up to receive without the mind. We don't use the mind. We use the mind to focus our attention, to make a choice or something like that. But when it comes to intuition, we need to be open and receptive. This is the yin energy. So we have to be surrendered in that moment and just be willing to feel or hear whatever is the first thing that arises. So when I work with somebody with like inner child healing, let's say, and I'm guiding them into their body to feel a certain sensation. And I ask them a question. I always say, don't answer me from your mind. Don't tell me what you think it is. What is the first thing that arises for you? And that first thing says so much. There's so much information in it, but a lot of people are conditioned to pedestalize the mind and demonize the body. And so, I bring the body into equal levels with the mind so that they work together, right? Again, the yin and yang. It is that willingness to trust that thing, that feeling or vision or word that pops into your, your consciousness. And are you willing to like really trust that? Trust it so deeply that you're willing to make so when I teach about intuition, it's the listening, it's the trusting, and then the third piece is the follow through. So many people, so there's a lot of people who don't even hear it, right? So that's fine. You, then you gotta listen, you gotta focus on the listening section. Some people hear it, but they don't trust it. And so they, they don't actually follow through on the which action. Which is the majority. Which is the majority. And you, in order to fall, you have to follow through on the action because what happens is when you but how follow, do you teach that? You got to take the leap. This is all about leaps of faith. This is about deep surrender. And so you got to take that step towards it. So you might hear in your intuitive hit, this is the thing that you need to do. It could be a tiny step. It could be a big leap. What are you willing to do to move towards that? Because when you don't follow through with an action, when you are given the gift, because it is a gift of receiving these messages, then you're like throwing this gift aside on, on the, you're like, and what it does is creates a cycle and a pattern of mistrust with yourself. And so the more you practice being in action around it, the more you're cultivating this trust so I have to tell you a story here. I would I used to go every morning for a walk along the beach and the kids would come and we would surf and whatever. And there was one house that first time I saw that house, that was my house. That was going to be nothing. I used to call it cupcake house. And I just, that was my cupcake house. It There was something special. That house spoke to me. Anyway, fast forward. I end up looking for a beach house again and I call a real estate agent about another house and he goes I said the cupcake house and he goes what cupcake house he used to call it something else I said that house number and he goes yeah no it's for sale 
I'm like, but it's not advertised. And he goes, no, I'm doing a silent auction. I knew it was my house. I listened. I won the silent auction. Mm. And then can I just say what happened? Because it was the highest price ever paid in that area for a beachfront property, which by the way, we are now not that long later. It would have been still a bargain. I didn't proceed. I actually canceled it. I walked away from the deal. And until today, I'm kicking myself because I should have bought that house. Mm. Not only I would have made a lot of money, but more importantly, that house was meant to be mine. <laughs> so what do you do with that? That's I love this story. Thank you for sharing that. So what you do with this is you use it as a learning lesson. This is the whole process. So when we're cultivating our intuition, we are using all those moments where we would consider a quote unquote failure or mistake or whatever you want to self-sabotage, right? You use these experiences to illuminate what's happening for you and how you can do it differently moving forward, right? You get to heal that part that is self-sabotaging. Why did you self-sabotage, right? Going deeper into that spot to see what was the mechanism there? What is the undercurrent that needs healing? And also when this happens again, when I have this kind of feeling, this intuition, I'm going to, to trust it, right? So that's, and it happened to me many times, right? That's how you learn. It's just like when a kid is learning how to walk and they fall, and they hurt themselves, they know better how to move through the world. It's the same thing. So we don't beat ourselves up for these type of experiences. We just use them to cultivate our intuition and trust even more. And hope that I'll have another. (laughs) (laughs) If it's it's meant for you, it will be for you. Yeah, I have to say, I've heard this so many times with business people saying, I knew I should have done it. That's the reason why it's so important to do the deeper healing work. The internal work is really the beginning of all. It has to start from the inside and then come to the outside. And I think that these people, if they keep doing it, if you notice that you have a pattern of doing (laughs) something. How many beach houses? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) If you have a pattern, obviously there's something underneath that needs attention and healing. So that's what I would say for these type of people, uh, anybody with any kind of pattern, like if you notice a pattern, you got to tend to that pattern or else it will keep on happening. So with intuition, you got to, the work I do, whether it's around intuition or emotions, whatever, in terms of feeling in general, it's really about doing the practices so you can cultivate a more sensitive ear or more sensitive eyes or more sensitive, whatever, sensing ability. And so you get to catch it at the whisper. And it is part of the process that you're gonna fall. I've fallen many times flat on my face and hit rock bottom. So it's not supposed to be some kind of shiny, perfect unfolding, it's messy. And that's another part of my teachings is really being in approval and accepting our humanity accepting our humanness, accepting our imperfections and our messiness, the more that we can be kind to ourselves in these kind of moments, 
then the more we are able to flourish and connect with ourselves and all these other things. Because otherwise, the other alternative of being judgmental or beating ourselves up or anything like that actually does not, it does the opposite of making our us receptive. We close ourselves off. Compassion is always the key. You can never, you can't beat yourself up to feel good. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. Do you hear voices or how does, when you say that you hear actually yeah. voices? It, so my intuition happens in different ways at different times. Sometimes I will hear voices, but more often I just feel like there's a, just a knowing. I just sense it and I know. And But also I can see things. Sometimes I'll have visions. Sometimes I'll see words. Sometimes I'll see a face. But I'd say 80 to 90% of the time is just a feeling for me. And so it's different for everybody. Some people are more visual. Like my friend, she has these very vivid dreams and that's how she gets her messages. She's, she sees. So it really is about tapping into what is your particular gift and how you receive the information. And so it, again, it's not like how I was saying about business earlier, it's I prefer doing a three-day immersive experience versus an ongoing membership. It's the same thing with intuition and psychic abilities. You have to tap into what is for you. Your system is unique and individual. And so you need to do the exploration work in order to discover what that is for you. So do you believe that it can guide you through your life? And so I also, um, where I'm heading with this is there has been a lot of work done on Einstein discoveries, but he was known for having, doing daydreaming or day, he found that there was a word for it as well that he had. And his brain was, he was a smart man, but really they say that he was a very good portal that was connected. Can you talk about that a little bit more? How do you see that? Yeah, I agree. And yes, this is how I lived my whole life is through intuition. Even before I cultivated and did these conscious practices around cultivating it, I always would just follow my instincts. I just, I just always knew to like, and sometimes the instincts took me into really bad places when I was troubled because I had a very hard childhood, a lot of trauma and things like that. But I would always just be willing to be curious and to explore. I'm very experimental. Like this is the work I do. I love researching with my own experiences and and it's I would say you need a sense of adventure. And yes, I feel like there is a portal. We all are channels. We all are connected. It's just are we willing to open up and tap into it? And a lot of times you need to do the healing work first because the stories, the trauma, all these things that are living in our body and our minds are like walls. If we don't do the healing work, then it's like we have, yeah, basically this mechanism that keeps us from receiving. And so it's like an antenna, like you got to change the channel and it might be fuzzy but you got to be willing to like keep turning it and doing the work in order to tune in into 
the channel that's going to actually be most informative for you. Do you have a dream or a strategy? Like in five years time, I want to be the good old corporate strategic plans. Loosely, I call them intentions and desires versus goals. So also some of the work I do is around semantics, like really the words we choose, every word has a different energy to it, whether they're words in our head or coming out of our mouth. So they're both important, but yeah, I would say that I have desires and I let myself follow those desires. I don't say, okay, there's a deadline or something like that because for me, and I think for a lot of people, they feel a lot of pressure. I don't like to put myself into a pressure zone. I think if you use goal and that works for you, that's fine. But as long as you're not being mean to yourself, I think that's the ultimate thing. I think underneath the question is, are you being unkind to yourself if that doesn't happen? Right. But I do believe in visualization. I believe in using our mind to see what we want to create, what we desire deeply on the soul level, right? On the soul level. For me, yes, having a beautiful house is amazing and having a great car and all those physical things are awesome. I don't minimize that. But my priority is what is my soul and my heart desiring? And I know what, if I follow that feeling, then I will be guided in the most magical ways. Cause when we're so set on a specific goal, having to happen in a specific way, then it takes away the magic. I love the mystery. I, the mystery in, is where the magic happens. And this is the unknown space, right? These uncertain spaces, this, the spaces that you don't know is what's going to happen. There's so much there that is waiting for us. So again, it comes back to, for me, being receptive and open and allowing myself to follow that unfolding. And it always takes, my life has been so magical and amazing. Like constantly just following that instinct has guided me to meet the most amazing people, have the most amazing experiences. I have to say your eyes just lit up as you were describing that. How do you receive those messages, I guess, is the question. I like to color outside of the lines. (laughs) The first thing I would say is you need to be with yourself, like stillness or silence, just being with you without distractions. Most people are distracted most of the time. That's just the truth. Whether it's social media or work is like a huge, so many workaholics or shopping or or addicted to their own suffering, like in their own mind, that's a distraction, right? Or relationships, so you're so focused on your partner and what they're not doing (laughs) that you're not able to just be with yourself. So the first step is how can you create space for you and just you and being with your body, being with yourself so that you can open up to even feeling or hearing anything. Because if there's so much happening in your head and you're constantly busy and distracted, you're not going to be able to hear anything. It's just not, it's just not possible. It's too much static within yourself. 
So this is why we do, whether it's like meditation or walking meditation or dancing, movement, it, it could be, it's different for everybody. So I never like to say, oh, you need to meditate and it needs to happen this way. No, it, everybody's so individual. So you need to tap into what helps you create that space. But first you gotta say to yourself, I'm gonna create this space for myself no matter what. You have to be committed to it. Maybe it's taking a walk in nature. I love floating in the ocean. That's one of my favorite things to do. And I literally, it just goes silent. There's nothing around. I don't, I have no thoughts in my head. I'm literally surrendered floating on the water and I receive so many messages in that way. So you got to play with it. And some people receive messages more when they're moving. Some people receive more messages when they're still. So I like to make that distinction as well. I had a client that her downloads and I say downloads like intuitive hits would come when she's in the bath, taking an Epsom salt bath and it's just still. For me, I like to be in some kind of movement. Like when I'm taking a walk, I find that I'm more receptive in that way. Or when I'm dancing, just freestyle moving. So it really depends. A lot of business people say that it's the shower. Yeah. So the shower. So I think, so if you know the shower is for you, then make it intentional, right? So if you have this awareness of where you receive the most or where you have more spaciousness within yourself, just bring that conscious practice into that experience. Or yeah. And driving apparently the speed apparently does something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I as well love driving and I'll have all kinds of things come in. But not in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> this is fascinating. So do you... Yeah, think... I didn't expect our conversation to go this way. I love, I'm loving this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, this is great. So what I was actually going to ask next was, do you think that you could so train your mind or this open your, I don't know what you call it, yourself to to hearing for let's say business I don't know lots lots of people always want to have more money or want to have a career progression or whatever else do you think that that's you can align those two for example I'm just using a dumb question but stockbrokers that go actually no it's not such a dumb question because <laughs> you can do it <laughs> I have an in intuition about particular companies and stocks in, in addition, obviously, to the analysis. Ah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Trade in my 20s, actually. And I used to middle of the night wake up and I would go sell today. <laughs> yeah. The thing with intuition and energetics is that there is no limitation right? It is, it's all connecting. Everything is connected by energy. Everything is connected by these waves, whether it's animals with the stock market, like literally everything is connected. And so it doesn't matter whether it's with money, with relationships, any aspect of your life is impacted by this practice, by being connected to ourselves, period. 
It's just, so you listen to it and you follow through and you do it. It's a combination. Like so many people are so busy and they're like jam packed in their day that, yeah, they don't have even time for themselves. This is such a common thing. So it's always the first step literally with anybody I work with is like, how can you create some space for yourself, period. And then I would say the other aspect is that people are not believers. There's a lot of people that are not believers and are just so focused on the material external world and just getting by day to day that they're not going and tapping into the deeper realms and other spaces. And, and you also need to be willing to be brave. Living this life, following your intuition is not for the faint of heart because you know what can happen your whole life can crumble. This whole identity that you've created or a whole lifestyle you've created completely can completely crumble if you follow that deeper knowing. But the thing is, that's not a bad thing, right? Because we this death and rebirth cycle, we need to be willing to let go of what is not truly serving us in order for us to actually feel fulfilled and alive. Does it really matter if you are rich and famous if you're not happy? For me, it's really about being willing to be brave and courageous enough to being a yes to your deepest soul desire and trusting that if you follow that, you will feel full inside and it might not be as shiny on the outside, but it will be real and it will be satiating. And it's just like eating food. Are you just eating just to eat and get full and survive? Or are you actually like taking in the deliciousness of what you're consuming? Courage is a big part because when we start to let go of any kind of identities or a lifestyle that we thought we needed in order to be happy, then you start to discover other pieces that may surprise you or com may completely change your life in a way that you never expected, but you'll feel so fucking good. <laughs> you'll feel like, oh my God, I hit that spot that I've been searching for, but I thought I needed to get that, fill that spot up with something external or materialistic. And you realize, oh no, it wasn't that at all. But can they go together? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. You're the example that they can. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be one way or the other. But I do find that the reason why I gave that example is because I find that so many people are so focused on the external and ignore the internal. Again, this is like, again, yin and yang. The external will be the yang, yin, internal will be the yin. It's all relative. Absolutely. But that happens from following your deepest knowing and desire. You create that balance in your life of fulfillment externally, internally by following your deepest knowing. You don't do it with by following an idea that was conditioned in you in childhood that it's best to live your life this way, right? Like when we are just living our life based on stories or narratives or conditioning or trauma, then it's all reactive versus 
tapping into the real deal underneath and letting that guide us. I, someone once said to me that there are two types of people really when it comes to professional work or work full stop, that there is, it's nearly, there is a gene that you need to have to be an entrepreneur. And then some people just need to work and have that safety and work for someone else. I do believe that some people are more wired to do entrepreneurship and some people are not. And it it doesn't mean that someone is better or worse and or less capacity or whatever. Everybody has their own path. And so I think that's the most important thing. I know that entrepreneurs require, you need to be brave. Like you need to be willing to take risks. You need to be willing to fail. You need to be willing to push your edges. Like I'm all about guiding people into their edges. That's one of my things and not pushing them past their boundaries, but what is your edge right now? And how can you lean into that while at the same time, really taking care of your body and your nervous system? Because you don't want to, you don't want to do something so extreme that it's going to be like too much for your system to handle. But I believe that entrepreneurs really are a different breed. And I think that you can learn to be too. I don't think, I don't know if you're necessarily born with it or not, but I do think it's possible. But I think you need to have a certain kind of nervous system that can handle the fluctuations that happen, the uncertainty that may come with it. That requires a lot of focus, practice, and commitment. Are you ever scared of not having enough money? Oh, (laughs) that's funny. I had one, one moment in my life last year, actually. I've never been afraid of not having money. I've been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years. So... Yeah, it came to a moment of, oh, am I gonna, am I gonna have the energy to go full blast into my business? And so I had a little moment of freak out. And then, but that was just like literally like a 24, 48 hour period. And I did my own work, my own healing work, and I just turned that shit around. And yeah, I feel great about it now. Yeah, I did have one moment. And it was really scary for me. My like my I could see my ego wanting to take over, telling me all kinds of stories and bullshit and like things that are not true. And I had to really check myself. I had to really have boundaries with my own ego in that moment. And it was a really powerful experience because I honestly never have worried about money. I've been making money since I was 13 years old. I saved 8,000 by the time I was 16. And I've always had people, my businesses have always been naturally like growing. I never marketed or anything, but yeah, it was an interesting experience. But do you believe that there is an inner knowing that entrepreneurs have that drives them? So most successful people have positive mindset because they have this inner knowing that they will succeed. I believe that. And I think that's, but I don't think that's just entrepreneurship. I think that's with anybody in any experience. Do you believe in yourself? Do you have that belief in you? Do you believe that you are worthy? Do you believe that you're a value? What is your underlying 
belief system and that leads the whole experience. If you don't believe that you can do it, it's not going to happen, period. Like I've been an entrepreneur for, like I said, 20 plus years. I always knew that I could make it happen. I didn't know how. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had no idea. I went into it blind, but I followed my intuition. I just kept believing in myself and following my knowing. And you absolutely need, I definitely know that you need to be willing to trust in yourself and your cup and what you have to offer. And also the other aspect is, are you willing to be of service? Cause you got to get out of your own way. And cause and whatever entrepreneurship, whatever you're doing, you're serving something, whether it's a product or a service or whatever it is. So I bring that aspect into my work too. That keeps me driven and inspired to keep working. What is it that I truly want to share with the world? Entrepreneurship, life in general, everything is a spiritual journey, but entrepreneurship is definitely, it will work you. It will work you. And so you need to be willing to be worked and molded. And the thing that's gonna keep you on the path while being worked is your commitment to serving. And a couple of things I want to say is one that you might not know right away. You need to play, you need to explore, and it will be shown if you are committed to that. It's not about discovering your purpose per se, but it is about allowing that thing inside of you to come out and to be shown and to be seen and to be heard. And so many people are containing these parts of ourselves because of fear for many different reasons that I won't get into it, but so much fear and think that when we stop abandoning ourselves and really honor our deepest truth, then only good can come from that. And it, as morbid as it may sound, I use death as a way to get clear and to tap into desire and Buddhists do this and it's important. There's, I remember, I think it was in Australia, this woman, she wrote a book about, I think five lessons of the dying or something like that. She was a hospice nurse. And do you know what I'm talking about? That yeah. book? Yeah. And so it really is important for me to live my life as fully as possible, to be as alive as possible, to go for what it is that is calling me. And what I see often is that people are really afraid to take that leap of faith or to take the step towards, or they just ignore that intuition of saying, oh, I think you need to do this instead or whatever. And so I encourage any listeners to really feel into how they want to live their life. Like when you're on your deathbed, what are you going to be regretting? What are you going to wish that you could say? Oh, I, I lived my life in this way and I feel very grateful and satisfied. And if you find yourself asking yourself that question and you're like, oh shit, I would have a lot of regrets. That's a good wake up call. It's a good way to activate 
that desire because the desire is the first step. You need to feel that burning fire inside of you in order to move forward towards your soul's purpose and journey in that way. You can evaluate for yourself, like what would actually satisfy you when you are on your deathbed? And again, not to be morbid, Buddhists talk about this, but like, I really believe that fear of death is our biggest fear, but it's such a big fear for most people that we don't even think about it, right? That we block it out of the mind and avoid even thinking that we're gonna die. And the more that we disconnect ourselves from the truth, it's the only absolute that happens in our life, right? There's nothing else that we are guaranteed to happen in our life except for death. I think that when we allow ourselves to just be with the truth, of our mortality, we can really start to open up into living the life that we really desire and what we're meant to do here. Or what business am I gonna create? It's not just like what we do or identify with, it's how we're moving through life, how we're journeying and are we actually taking in the beauty of our experiences as well as the pain we have to be in the full experience of this human experience i'm very much into play i'm very childlike in a lot of ways i'm also very old soul but i think play is important and people have gotten so much into their robotic lives that there isn't space for this experimentation or exploration or playfulness or wonderment it's Life is so fantastic, so much, like in so many realms to explore that I just, I'm so amazed by the fact that we're even here and we get to do what we do. Very grateful for that. Is there, do you have any regrets? I, my practice, actually, this has been a conscious practice of mine for decades, which is to not have any regrets because I don't believe that failures are really failures. They're just life lessons. Yeah. And we get to grow. So as long as I'm growing, I don't care. But if I had to choose one, I don't feel it now, but it would be my mom. So my mom passed in 2005. I sometimes have the ability to sense when my loved ones are going to pass. And I knew my mom was going to pass at a young age. For some reason, I just had that feeling. I was in my 20s and I just kept on having this feeling and talking about intuition, right? I just kept on having this feeling and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna act on this feeling as if it's true. And so I made sure to have these conversations with my mom, like very in-depth, deep, vulnerable, painful conversations. My mom and I were very close, but we also would rub heads a lot because we were very similar too. And, and I, there was like, past experiences that I wanted to talk through with her so that I so that when she did pass and cross over that I would feel like okay we got to work through those things before she goes so it was amazing so in that way I don't have any regrets but there was one I got emotional one day because I felt pain around the fact that I said no to her at one point to move into um, a home that I owned. I owned a duplex and I lived on one side and I rented out the other side. And she asked me if she could move into that other apartment and I told her no. And 
that was a regret for me. I don't feel that anymore because I worked through that. So I would say that would probably be the biggest regret that I felt. And yes, it's not like I've never felt regrets. I absolutely do, but I always work with them. Anytime I would feel something that would come up that would feel like a regret, I would forgive myself because a lot of times these regrets happen because we're not in forgiveness. And I have committed to myself to always be kind and loving to myself, no matter what. And it doesn't always happen, but it's the practice, right? Always coming back to how can I forgive myself? Yeah, forgiveness is so powerful. And it's never for the other person. If you're forgiving someone else, it's always for yourself, right? Because we're carrying, I don't want to hold on to any of these things because it just weighs me down and makes me more disconnected from myself and other people. I will finish. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for creating this space to have this conversation. It's a lot of the podcasts I'm on. We talk about my other work, which is like around self-intimacy and embodiment and stuff like that and emotions and feeling them. So this has been really lovely to have a conversation about something that I don't typically people aren't as interested in asking me about. So I love it. It's been so lovely. Thank you so much. And I look forward to your listeners like connecting with me. I have a also have a podcast called Tao of Poe. And yeah, if you desire to connect, I would love to meet your people. Amazing. <laughs> I know they're probably mostly in Sydney and I'm in well, Miami. We have a lot in the United States as well, but and in Australia, but it's good. Yeah. The world is now just one big oyster. That's true. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Take care. Lots of laugh. It was really cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Yeah, you too. Okay. Take care. Bye.